Welcome to the listener's commentary on the New Testament. Your guide is pastor and theologian Dr. John Whitaker, and the heart behind these studies is to help you better understand the text of Scripture so you can more fully live it out. It's all about helping you learn and live the Bible. Here is the book of James. Welcome to the listener's commentary on the letter of James. And this commentary, we want to do a detailed study through the components of this letter so that we can really understand it in its context and therefore live it out more fully in our context. And in this particular session, we are going to be looking at just the first verse of James and the backstory to the the letter to James so we understand exactly what's going on in this letter. The letter to James begins this way. James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes who are dispersed abroad, greetings. And this is a pretty standard letter opening in the first century world where you have the sender, in this case James, and you have the recipient here described as the twelve tribes who are dispersed abroad, and then greetings. And that's what we have here is greetings. And so this is a pretty standard letter opening in the first century world. But if you're curious, which I certainly would encourage you to be when reading the Bible, this simple little verse raises several questions. For example, who's James? There are several Jameses mentioned in the New Testament. So which particular James are we talking about? And who are the 12 tribes that are dispersed abroad? Who are these 12 tribes? What does that mean? That sounds Jewish, and where are they dispersed? Which region are we talking about? And what's going on in their life that made James write to them these words? And so, what I want to do is just summarize the backstory to the letter to James, and then we'll come back through that and hit a few details. So, imagine with me the backstory to the letter to James. It's probably the mid-40s, about 15 years after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And James, Jesus' brother, is a key leader and teacher in the church at Jerusalem, and he's been so for over a decade. And the hostility towards the Christians in and around Jerusalem has uh, been increasing. It really began increasing when a prominent member of the Jerusalem church, a man named Stephen, you can read his story in Acts chapter 6 and 7, when this prominent leader, Stephen, was killed by stoning. In the wake of that, the hostility towards Christians in Jerusalem really began to increase, and so the Christians, a number of them at least, had to flee from Jerusalem and move to other parts of the surrounding area um, through Israel, maybe even up as far as Syria in the north, and flee really for their safety to places where maybe things would be better. And so the Christians in this region have fallen on hard times, There's been a famine in the area, the opposition to Jesus' followers still persists, and so James decides to write to them to help them live faithfully for Jesus by passing on some of the wisdom he himself has learned from Jesus. And so his goal is to help them be whole and mature in Jesus by living wise, God-centered lives. And so in a nutshell, that's really the backstory to the letter. And that backstory assumes several answers to the questions we posed at the outset. So let's just go back and look at a few of the details so that we 
uh, at least understand how we got to some of those answers. So the first one is who's James? And in our summary of the backstory, we said the best answer of that is probably the brother of Jesus. And in reality, his name really isn't James. It's actually Jacob. The Greek is Yaakov, which uh, reflects the Hebrew Jacob. And Jacob was a very common Hebrew name, but somewhere in the course of history of English translations very early on, uh, there was a translation that said James, and that sort of became standard for English translations, but really his name is Jacob. It's confusing for us to call him Jacob since in English we're used to his name being James, so we're just going to stick with the traditional translation. But just know the writer of this has a good Jewish name, Jacob. And that is the name of several people in the New Testament. We obviously have James, or Jacob, the son of Zebedee, for example, who was one of the original 12 disciples, um, Jesus' brother, James. So there are several options available to us. So why do we say James, the brother of Jesus, is likely the best candidate? Well, for example, James, the son of Zebedee, was executed very early on. He was uh, killed by Herod around 44 AD. And so that's pretty early, and it's possible that it's him, but not likely. And we know from both the New Testament and from Josephus, Josephus is a Jewish writer of the period who records things pertaining to both Jewish history and the Jewish time period of the New Testament, so we know from both the New Testament and Josephus that James, the brother of Jesus, was an influential leader in the early church. And it makes sense then that this particular James in that role would be the one who would write that's been the traditional understanding of which James we're talking about here in this letter. And so that's probably who we're talking about, James, the brother of Jesus. And James, the brother of Jesus, was killed around 62 AD. And so... Sometime before that, he wrote this letter to encourage Christians in the surrounding area, some of whom used to be a part of the church at which he was an influential leader. Now, that leads to the next question, who are the 12 tribes dispersed abroad? Well, again, our best answer to that is they are Messianic Jews scattered throughout Israel and the whole eastern Mediterranean region. That's why James talks about Jesus being Lord. That's why James, even in this verse, mentions that uh, he is um, a bondservant of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Like he's writing not just to Jews in general, but Messianic Jews. Twelve tribes was uh, referred to the Jews in the Old Testament because there were twelve sons of Israel, thus the 12 tribes of Israel, and to be dispersed referred to Jews being scattered abroad throughout the world. James takes up this traditional Jewish description and applies it to his community, the Messianic Jews scattered throughout Judea, maybe up into Galilee, maybe even further north up into Syria, Jews who had left Jerusalem for a variety of reasons, some of which was because of the the hostility that had increased in the wake of Stephen's stoning. And so uh, the recipients of this letter are Jews who are believers in Jesus, who James has some sort of relationship with and some sort of authority over as a teacher and leader in the Jerusalem church. When was James written? 
Well, we're not 100% certain, but it sounds pretty early. We already noted that James himself was killed in 62 AD, so it has to be before that. Um, Not only that, the word for church in the letter is actually synagogue, which is the Jewish designation for their gatherings and their gathering places. And and also, there's no allusion to uh, any Jew-Gentile tension. Now, that's an argument from silence, and so that doesn't say anything. It just may not have been one of James's concerns. But it was such a big deal in the late 40s, 50s, even into the 60s, that it seems like if that had been going on, James might have alluded to that or had something to say to that, particularly if it was post-50 and James participated in the council in Jerusalem that helped sort of come to some conclusions about how Gentiles and Jews should relate to one another. But again, that's an argument from silence, so we don't know for sure. Um, And so we can't be 100% certain. We know it's got to be before 62. It's possible that it's one of the earliest Christian documents written. And uh, I I tend to think that James is written in the mid-40s, maybe 45, 46, 47, just not 100% certain. So probably pretty early on in Christian history, James has written to these Jewish believers that he is familiar with. And what's the situation? What's going on that makes James write to them? Well, James is, in some regards, a general letter. You read it and you, you know, you don't get an exact idea of a specific issue. Uh, you do get a general sense of the the hardships that they're going through. And James writes to challenge these people to live out their faith fully and consistently, even in the midst of those hardships. And so James feels a little more sermon-like with a heavy emphasis on behavior and less emphasis on doctrine or theology. He's really writing to help his readers live faithfully to Jesus. Additionally, many of his readers would have been poor. That's partly just because of the nature of life in the first century world, particularly in Palestine and the eastern Mediterranean, where the vast majority of the population were on the lower end of the social spectrum, and they struggled to make ends meet. And so that in and of itself brought adversity to their lives. There was thus also natural tension between the rich and the poor because of that. Such a small percentage of the population was wealthy, and they tended to control the land, they tended to control all the money, they tended to have all the power, and it led to some real difficult circumstances for the poor, and so so there was tension between the rich and the poor. And so you see uh, uh, quite a bit about that showing up in the letter. So adversity in general, and adversity about their poverty and the difficulties that's brought into their life shows up in the letter. And so you see that, and that adversity kind of squeezed out maybe some deficiencies in their loyalty to Jesus and their faithfulness to Jesus, and thus the central concern of the letter is really continued loyalty to Jesus as evidenced by their behavior. And the the message really is the same for us today, that regardless of life situations, James gives wisdom to us about how we can live fully and consistently faithful to Jesus wherever we find ourselves in life, whether it's comfort that we find ourselves in or adversity that we find ourselves in, James calls us to live wisely and faithfully to Jesus as King and Lord. This letter thus reads like wise advice from a 
uh, older, mature, experienced follower of Jesus. It's pretty direct and in some ways very hard-hitting as James passes on the wisdom he's learned from following Jesus to us and as he calls us to really live consistently, wholeheartedly, and faithfully in our loyalty to Jesus day in and day out. So that's the backstory to the letter to James. Hi, friends. It's John. And as many of you know, the Listener's Commentary is an entirely crowdfunded endeavor. And I want to say thank you to each and every one of you who give to support this project. Whether you give $5, whether you give $50, $100, whatever you give, it's all incredibly helpful. So thanks a ton for your support. And if you want to support this project, just go to thelistenerscommentary.com, click Give, and you can support right through there. God bless, and thank you so much.